it's Nicole Brandon, and welcome to Passionate Living. I have such an exciting show for you today. And I love the fact that as we're watching the news and there's so much in the warring of the worlds and there's so much angst going on, that we can bring you people from around the world that are making a difference in energy and light and love and that have the keys and the tools and the secrets and the know-how for really creating and changing an evolutionary life, that happily ever afterlife. And today we are talking with such an extraordinary guest. We are speaking with Dr. Sky Blossom. And as I look at her work, it's absolutely astounding from the psychological field to human behavior to high performance to actually a way to create new relationships and beautiful relationships. And she is an author, a speaker, and truly somebody that's groundbreaking in the field of love and energy in our society today. And so it is my great honor and pleasure to introduce to you to today's guest, Sky Blossom. Sky, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Nicole. What a warm and lovely introduction. Thank you so much. I'm deeply honored to be here. And in full wholehearted support of your mission. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's an absolute joy, an absolute pleasure. I'm looking at this unbelievable background of you. I mean, it is a kaleidoscope of wonder and a maze of human psychology. And so one of my favorite questions to ask guests always is the did you know factor, which is, when you were a little girl, when you were five and six and seven, and other little girls were playing with dolls and playing house, did you always have something inside of you that wanted to help other kids or that was trying to fix other kids' problems? Or did something happen later in life that really led you to this field? Oh, I love this question. And it's going to make you laugh, likely. Um, <laughs> when I was about five or six years old, I was living in the city and I, and actually it was in Soviet Union and I was so craving nature and I wanted to be closer to animals and to nature. So I actually wanted to be a cowgirl or tempt to pigs, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, because I had no idea what it was like, right? <laughs> not your typical childhood dream. Um, but I did have special abilities um, since forever, uh, since I was born. I'm a third-generational healer, and certain awarenesses I had all along, but I did not know that they were special and that other people didn't know. So that was that was the key. And because I was brought up in an atheistic environment, and so behind the Iron Curtain, where religion and spirituality were taboo subjects, and we had... Um, slogans everywhere that God does not exist, um, I was pretty much blinded to my own capacity to help others. However, um, life experience made me passionate about human relationships and made me value human connection above all. Because at the age of 11, I was separated for three and a half years from my parents and moved to live with another city in another city. And as I was deeply depressed and pretty much suicidal, I realized that human love and connection is the most precious thing we can experience, and no amount of material means can substitute for that. So that really started my journey on 
opening my own heart to love and helping others do the same. Wow. What is it like to be 11 years old and, and to be separated from your parents? Because I just know how close I am to my parents. And as a child, I just can't imagine that journey. Well, that's pretty much, um, considering I was moved to another city and all of my friends and everything I knew was left behind. So it felt like everyone I knew and loved died at the same time. And um, even though, of course, they, I had access to them, but I got to see my parents only maybe a couple of times a year, very briefly. And uh, I lived with my grandparents, but I was not getting along with them well. So that was... That was not easy. Let's just put it that way. Wow. When you were able to see as a child and you had this gifts and talent, because I'm asking because a lot of indigo children are coming in now. And there are a lot of children that have these amazing abilities. And do you have any advice for the parents of a child that can see? And can right. I was not... Seen, I knew. I knew a lot of things that many people who are on a spiritual path are still discovering. I was aware of them as a kid. For example, even though I was suicidal, I knew that killing my body would do nothing. And I was really, and I knew that I could not, not exist. That existence was something that was not a choice. It was just given. And I had, at 11 years old, argument with God that what kind of free freedom of choice is that if I cannot choose not to exist? And it took me 20-some years to realize why is that. But um, to answer your question about advice for children who are indigo, really create an environment in which they can thrive and in which they could be fully expressive. Become curious about what they see and really open to learning from them because chances are they're more connected than most other humans. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful advice. And, you know, looking, you've been featured on CBS radio and Boston business journal and Fox news and the Bloomberg business week and ABC. I mean, you were like everywhere <laughs> and people are so drawn to you and to your talent. And as we were talking at the top of the show, you're gorgeous. You're so beautiful. And I wish this was a video show and everybody could see, but you're like a living angel. And so take me a little bit through your journey of, I mean, you, you went through two decades of studying psychology and actually changed to return that into an opening of the heart and an opening of the spirit and the soul. And now you help people all over the world. Yeah. Well, um, it was not a straightforward path, like for most people. In fact, I was doing, I, I changed jobs, especially after moving to the U.S., almost every two years, and radically, industries. And I always knew that whatever I was doing, even though I was good at that, that was not my calling. That was not my path. Even after graduating from medical university, I liked what I did, but I wasn't I didn't feel it was it, right? When what people are saying, discovering your purpose, discovering what is it that you're supposed to do, I knew that there was something bigger. And at some point, after a decade of asking that question, I was really getting frustrated. And I was very happy, happily married, finally, right? After so many struggles and divorces of my own, I was very happily married, lived in Beverly Hills, 
and supposedly had it all. I was driving a prestigious car, living in a lovely condo, um, had the job that most people would dream of. We were making good living with my husband. And yet I felt this dissatisfaction that whatever I'm doing is not right. I'm, I'm supposed, I'm not utilizing my skills and talents. So we decided to make a radical move and go on sabbatical because I thought when I'm running this red race, going nine to five to work and running errands in the evening and, you know, having brief getaways on the weekends, there is no way I can open my mind to truly receive divine inspiration. It takes time. So we organized the sabbatical and went away for about, initially it was five months trip. And after four months of my being on the beach, and making cakes, <laughs> that's all I was doing, um, in Costa Rica, I finally had an idea. It was like just an inspiration to write a book. And the book, and I never had the ambition to write a book. You know how many people say, well, it's my dream to write a book, but I never had that. Um, and to me, it came as a complete surprise. And I almost had a conversation with myself so um, what what the book should be about? And the answer came, well, relationships, that's what you know in and out. So I kind of followed my inner calling, and I started on the journey. And what happened from there, it was just magical. The doors started opening, and um, I had publishing contracts literally in three months after I had the idea of writing a book. And in the process of my writing the, my book, also synchronistically, my own talent was revealed to me where a um, few people in a row asked me for help just randomly. And I was able to change their life on the spot. And literally three or four of them were saying, you are amazing. We're just going to go and promote you. You do what you do. You're magical. And it came a surprise to me. I was like, oh, my God, I can do that. Wow. And um, a couple of those people happened to be very well accomplished and successful and some of the celebrity in their field. And they started calling me for more help with other issues and recommending people, me to people. And I was doing this for a while pretty much without even charging because I wasn't even sure what my gift was, right? And then finally it became very, very clear that this is what I – came to do <laughs> and it became a full-time pursuit that's beautiful I mean it I love the fact that you followed your heart and you trusted and you took a step forward and I think that's a great lesson for so many people listening that you had a calling to write this book the fact that I think we all go through those times in our life when we're not sure whether or not you know, this is the right path for us. This is the right calling for us. This is the right step. Is this the right bridge? And we question our own abilities, our own gifts, our own talents, and then we leap. And the flight is just so glorious and so awe-inspiring for other people. And I'm sure, you know, with your work, as I read, I was going through today all of the testimonials of people that have worked with you. Oh, my goodness. It's like you have changed people's life after life after life after life. People can never live without you. They've never been happier. They've never had better relationships. You're the guru and the God. And I love that because from so many different walks of life, like there weren't two people that were identical in your testimonials or people that, you know, have enjoyed. So 
I, I love the fact that you have so brilliantly been able to weave your work, you know, through the tapestry of humanity right now. And I know that we're jumping to break in just a minute, but when we return, I'd love to talk about the best thing ever. Some of the seven reasons, which I, I think that we all can relate to. So more with Sky Blossom when we return here on Passionate Living. Nicole Brandon, we are here on Passionate Living talking with Sky Blossom about relationships, romance, self-love, love with others, the planet, the world, and following your heart, your spirit, your soul, your vision, your intuition, and your dreams. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what you're talking about. So right before the break, we were talking about your book, Best Thing Ever. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's so many reasons people are drawn to read something or to be part of something or to work with somebody. And so I want to ask you about several of these things. And the first one I would love to ask you about is love or lust. Is, is there like a, a distinguishable difference Wow, it's such a great question. And yes, actually, they're completely two different things. They're so different. It's amazing how people can ever confuse the two. (laughs) 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 They're vastly different. So um, actually, if I may shine a little bit of light on what love is, and love is at the core of everything. It's just that oneness and connection and appreciation that we feel for another being because we really don't see much difference between we feel that affinity right that we're stemming from one source and we feel related and we just adore that other being and in that sense we adore ourselves through that other person or a dog or a flower whatever that we feel love love towards And when it comes to romantic love, there are so many things that are mixed in with that amazing feeling. There is soul purpose, there is self-discovery, and there is physical attraction and chemistry, which Mother Nature gifted us with so that we can procreate and continue species. So lust is... Uh, a product of two things. One is polarity, masculine and feminine, meeting and creating a chemical reaction. And the second thing is the chemical reaction in our body, which is a delightful cocktail of hormones running through your bloodstream, (laughs) making you a little crazy and um, making you jump on someone. So (laughs) delightful cocktail. I've never heard a phrase that way. That's just delicious. <laughs> it is indeed. It is delicious and it is somewhat addictive. And and uh, good news is it could be cultivated uh, and crafted and this experience can be very conscious. Um, and unfortunately for majority of people, it is a default thing that they experience and don't know how to create it or how to keep it. 
And because this attraction is so strong, because Mother Nature wants to make sure that we uh, mate, um, then people often confuse it with love, but they're actually two separate things. Wow. That's such a great answer. I'm going to write that down. That was just the best <laughs> that I have ever heard. <laughs> what wow. a fantastic and phenomenal way. You know, it's just like this delectable phrase that you want to hang on to, especially being a writer. That's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Oh, thank you. Talk to me about dating disappointments. Well, um, such a, um, such a popular subject and, and kind of, kind of pain button for many people. Um, well, it's a mismatch, right? We all know, I mean, probably not all of us know, but we kind of sense intuitively that the right thing has to feel right. And most of us go on one day after another and just doesn't click. And one thing is wrong or the other thing is wrong. And we then eventually we try to, um, analyze all of the things and all of the check marks and on the paper it looks great and he's kind of attractive but then there's still no click let's see if we can make it work and people try to make it work um and uh, after all even if they get into a relationship they remain disappointed or if they go on a number of dates like that then it it's the the doubt starts creeping in, what if I never meet the right person, right? So all of those disappointments accumulate and um, they create um, they, they create more doubt, which can get in a way of meeting the right person. But piggybacking on the story that you've told, and I think there's a profound lesson for everybody, <laughs> when um, when things are meant to be, they line up in unbelievable synchronicities the universe literally knocks itself out to bring the two of you together and of course if you are in a very harsh state of resistance and you are just not vibrationally a match to your soulmate then it's the whole another story however if you're ready there is no need to worry whatsoever of when and how you're going to meet because i have made it um, a project for many years right now and i don't see that stopping ever I have interviewed successful couples who are really, really happy together. And literally, when you meet them, their love is palpable. They're passionate about each other. They're in deep admiration of one another, profound respect, and all of those beautiful elements that most of us want. And um, when they got to share their love stories with me, the amazing miracles that I've heard are mind-blowing to the point that I featured one couple in my book, Best Thing Ever, which wild dolphins brought them together. Wow. Seriously? Oh my gosh. How beautiful. But that was not it. Then they still, (laughs) wild dolphins were bringing them over and over again together, nose to nose. And they still kind of said hi to each other, but did not go further in developing any relationship or connection. And the universe had to pull another unbelievable miracle, which I'm not going to tell you what that is. You'll have to read the book to to reveal that mystery. But it's just mind-blowing. It's it's purely like that that just cannot be. But yet that's how it happened for those people. And I interviewed Peggy McCall, um, who's a New York Times number one best-selling author, and she's just an uh, incredible woman. Um, and she met her husband, Dennis, a little bit later in life, uh, after she already had a 
teenage son and um, they both have been through divorces. But nonetheless, when she was single and successful and all of her girlfriends were like, you should register for online dating or maybe you should go out so you could meet people because she's an entrepreneur. She works from home like many of us, right? So she doesn't get out much. And she's like, no, it doesn't feel right. And they said, what do you think? He's going to knock at your door? And she said, well, maybe. And guess what? Really? He did. He did knock at her door. So there is there is endless possibilities. Um, all any uh, any person who is currently single and who is yearning for that true love and deep soulful connection, I can tell you a few things. First of all, when you meet that right person, it feels like home, and you have never been more comfortable in your life, and it feels just delightful. And actually, it's a smooth flow. You don't start solving problems from the get-go. That's number one. Number two, uh, I've noticed that almost every single time, there's some mystery uh, associated with that. So there is some magic confirming that, yes, you're on the right path. And um, there is something else I was going to say. So it's, and you don't, you don't have to worry much about, again, how and when. All you need to do is to make sure that you're ready, that your heart is open, that you've dealt with um, whatever patterns that were running in your previous relationships. You looked uh, closely at your life and uh, what has been happening before and fully received the gifts and lessons in the previous relationships so that you can move on and start from a clean slate. Mm, that's perfect. Yeah. I love that. Liza Minnelli. Do you know who Liza Minnelli is? She's of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she has a song called Ring Those Bells. And it's about the, how she traveled the world and she met the guy that lived next door. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> Literally lived next door. So I love the fact that somebody came knocking yes. on a door and having the faith that somebody can come knocking at your door having the faith that love will connect you and that I, and when you talk about it feeling like home. Yeah. I can't imagine a better way to feel. Yes. And you know, I want to add on to this uh, because there are different levels of relationships and different purposes and for which people engage in relationships. And I think it will be really helpful for our audience to run those distinctions. Well, in early age, let's say when people are teenagers, the purpose for a relationship is still exploring your sexuality, exploring your preferences and likes, and discovering who you are and how you show up in different circumstances. And very rarely, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's very rare that you meet your soulmate and true connection that you will be with for a lifetime with um, at that early age. And then later in life, People may be driven by creating a family, having children together, running a household together. This is just the custom, customary in a society to get married. And you, feel the per, you find the person who kind of fits the bill and you marry them. So those are different. Those are more social uh, purposes for a relationship. And then as you evolve spiritually and as you evolve uh, in your own mission in life, then the purpose of your relationship becomes bigger and greater. You realize that you and your mate 
made is not only for your own enjoyment and pleasure of having someone you like in bed, but it's for you together accomplishing more that either one of you could do individually. It's for your union to be a power force to accomplish whatever it is that you choose and make the difference that you want to make. And it becomes, the purpose for your relationship becomes greater than your individual lives. And that's when I say soul-made couples or twin flame couples are formed. And they have profound spiritual mission together besides just being partners in our human experience. I love that you talk about them as a power force, and I can't wait to get back to this because this is so exciting for me. And I know that we're jumping to break, and there's so much I want to talk to you about. So more when we return here on Passionate Living with Sky Blossom. Passionate Living with Sky Blossom, just absolutely learning so much about love and passion and lust and relationships and true soul journeys. I love the fact that you talk about a power couple and somebody's mission being greater together than it mm-hmm. is apart. I, I mean, I, I just think that there's such a joy in hearing that and there's such a knowingness that it's true. Yes. And I had a pleasure of interviewing many of these power couples and um, they, they are just this powerful union of yin and yang of masculine and feminine where they add on and enhance each other. And again, they call each other to be at their greatest. Uh, for example, one co- couple, Mickey Willis and Nadia Salamanca, they're filmmakers oh, and philanthropists. You, yes. You know them, right? Yes. So they keep saying to each other, stop hiding, show up more. And they keep keep encouraging each other to live bigger, to, to be more of who they are, be more expressive in every pursuit. So that's the beauty. And so it's that full, full hearted, wholehearted support and backing up all the way. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I love who they are as parents too. I love who they are individually. I Mm -hmm. love who they are together and how they express their love. I love the beauty in which they share the world and their community and they bring everybody into their love story yeah. and then how they share that and their unique take on the world. They're not afraid to share whatever's happening in the moment. And I think that makes them even more powerful. Yes. Yeah. You know, they have a very interesting and unusual love story, um, and I tell it in my book. And um, they, after they met, they parted ways for a couple of months before they came together. But when they did, it was so powerful that they never had a fight for over a decade now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really 
just so spectacular. And Sky, how does somebody work with you? What is the, do you work on Skype? Do you do workshops? Do you do one-on-one? I know that you speak around the world and I know that you have this incredible book that people are finding. And so what's the best way to find you? Because I know people are on the edge of their seats saying, I need this (laughs) so badly. Only I was working with her. Yes. Um, well, bestthingever.com is my website. So that's the way to find me. And connect with me on Facebook, Sky Blossoms. It's face, uh, facebook.com forward slash, I think it's Blossom Sky. Um, I'm sure you're going to post a link. Um, just connect with me on Facebook. That is the best way. And go to my website, get on my list. And I do work with um, a handful of people privately. I do lead workshops. I have online courses. And I'm putting something awesome together, which I am so head over heels about. And it's called Best Thing Ever for Singles. It's going to be a live event in Orange County this November, where for three days, we're bringing together extraordinary, exceptional people, men and women, who are um, successful in their own right, growth-oriented, and open-hearted and open-minded people who are looking for their true match. And we're providing three days of world-class training, party, fun, and the actual opportunity to meet the love of your life. That's beautiful. That sounds like a commercial. I'm ready to go. You like see all these women that right now are listening to the show and all their hands are raised and they're (laughs) right. Well, it's an application only. So um, I will, I will, It's not even available yet. Um, uh, Probably next week it will be uh, going public. So you are the first one to know, actually. This is the first time I'm talking about it publicly ever. I'm Um, so thrilled to to be that one. Yes, yes. Uh, So um, we're we're going to start opening application next week. And, uh, yeah, we will pre-screen every person who is going to be in the room. I love that. It's just so beautiful. And I wanted to ask you something that really captured my attention when I was going through your material and going through the website, because I think it's a subject, you know, I have unlimited life and passionate living and and hourglass bride. And and in every show that I have, whether it's a television show or a radio show or a call-in show, people always want to ask this question. And the fact that it's on your site, my spirit and soul just jumped at it, which is, (laughs) can you find freedom in commitment? Oh, yes. It's my favorite question. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, and (laughs) you have to rethink commitment. I personally do not buy in a traditional understanding of commitment the way we were conditioned to believe, where you say, okay, I now hereby choose you and we're going to be together till death do us part. That type of commitment is very challenging and no wonder that it does not keep people together because here's the thing there's traps in that commitment many people assume that okay you've committed to me now we're married or whatever um and you're supposed to love me forever now the game the game is won i can let rest in my laurels gain a few pounds and let myself be sloppy with you and if i'm in a bad mood um just 
not be kind to you and be short with you at times. And you're supposed to love me. You're my lover, aren't you? You're supposed to love me. And that happens, unfortunately, so much where people treat their loved ones more poorly than they treat strangers. And the way I perceive commitment, it's a daily choice. It's a moment-to-moment choice to be with this person and I choose you today and I'm fully committed to be with you today and chances are I'll choose you tomorrow but if either one stops showing up then don't expect that choice there is no guarantee and yes there is a degree of uncertainty in that but if let's put it this way no happy couple ever breaks up if both people are happy in a relationship and fully satisfied they stay together and nobody wants to go through a pain of breakup and through another pain of looking again for for a mate just out of just for fun right it normally happens because there is deep dissatisfaction and growing resentment and arguments and it's just not working so if both and there were reasons why in the beginning partners like each other and they fall in love with each other and they they they're they're each other's biggest fans because people show up so commitment is becoming I commit to myself to be the best version of me possible to share with you. And then the other person can say, you are the best thing that ever happened to me. And if both keep this commitment to oneself to show up at their best, and sometimes your best is truly your best. Sometimes your best is just vulnerable and sick or whatever but if you stay true and raw and vulnerable and honest with yourself and with your beloved we understand we don't expect perfection every moment of every day but doing your absolute best and treating your beloved with love care and respect it's a must this is just pristine information I absolutely love it and that's beautiful and I love saying if either one stops showing up and I commit to you today is, I mean, for people to show up 100% of who they are. My mom used to say to me, you know, honey, love is not 50-50. It's 100-100-100% of who you are at any given moment in time. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. You know, yeah. that makes 90-10, and sometimes it's 98-2, and sometimes it's 60-40, and, you know, you hope that it's 50. But as long as you are authentically you in any given moment in time and, you know, sharing your whole heart – and they've been married 53 years and they look like newlyweds and oh. they're in love. And I've learned so much from their relationship and how they respect each other and love each other. And just the joy they bring to each other's lives and each other's hearts is like watching some fairy tale romance. Just being in the audience for the love story has been astounding and to oh. be their child even more so. So I love all of these things that you're sharing. And I know that we're jumping to a break in just a couple minutes, but one of the things that I love to ask my guests on the show is since the show is called passionate living, mm-hmm. what does leading and living a passionate life mean to you? Well, um, it means fully following my inspirations and the drive of my soul in every moment. That's what it is. When I'm connected to the fullness of who I am and I am going with my own flow and fully executing and allowing myself to become more and fully show up for whatever moment calls for, that's passionate living. Wow. 
Your work is beautiful. I'm so excited for you. It's so glorious. And so more when we return here with Sky Blossoms on Passionate Living. Passionate Living with Sky Blossoms, that song really matches the energy of the romance and the love and the lifestyle that you've been sharing. It's so mm-hmm. glorious. As I'm listening to you, it's like a beautiful medley and song as you're talking <laughs> about love. And, and to just hear something that's spectacular, it's just sweeping. It's like swaddling in love and magnificence and light. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, so thank you very much to the station there. That was just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I wanted to dive even deeper now. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so on your website, it also talks about, in your book, The Best Thing Ever, it talks about attracting and embracing the love you've always wanted. So, I mean, as women, especially from the time we're little, you have that fairy tale in your head and that, you know, picture perfect wedding, whatever that is. And it, it talks about a 10 day process, which is nothing. If you consider a lifetime of wishing and wanting and dreaming and desiring. And then there were a couple words that really caught my eye as I was reading through it. One is about opening your heart. Yeah. Are most people's hearts closed? Yes, unfortunately. So um, I can illustrate this very vividly uh, to distinguish close heart between the open heart. So when you meet, let's say, when you see a baby or you see a kitten or you see a rose, is it easy to love them? Yes. And in fact, when you see, let's say, puppy, your heart almost melts naturally and you go like, oh, right? And you feel love towards yes. that being. Thank you. And that is because their heart of those beings like baby or puppy is already open and they do not run any defenses. They're innocent. And therefore, it serves as an invitation for your heart to open and then you connect on that deep level. However, imagine you're running into a person who is stressed out and just talking about how bad the traffic was. You do not have this, oh, reaction to them because they are closed off and defensive against the whole world. Now, unfortunately, because most of us have been hurt, especially through relationships, because relationship is one special realm that can grant you heaven on earth and hell as well. And as beautiful and pleasurable as love can be, the breakups are one of the hardest things to go through. So our, our biology stores the memory of that pain. And we start naturally building defenses, trying to protect ourselves from getting hurt again. 
which is natural, right? We don't want to get hurt. If you are uh, touching hot stove, you're extra, extra careful looking at the stoves in the future and trying to make sure you don't get burned again. So the same happens with relationships. So we build up these defense mechanisms and they inevitably close our heart. And when most people meet other people, romantically or otherwise, they're not even their real selves. They're running this public persona without intentionally trying to deceive, to deceive anybody, without intentionally trying to pretend. This is just something that we adopt since very, very early age, and it becomes automatic and unconscious. Like uh, a mother yells at you for breaking something, and maybe in order to protect yourself, you feel compelled to lie next time and then you do not show up authentically and then you learn that in order to be accepted and loved by your peers or by your parents you need to run certain types of behavior right and because it happens for years and years and years most people lose sense of who they really are and when in spiritual communities we start talking well be authentic in order to be confident you really need to be yourself for most people it's like what the hell is that to be myself i am myself but they're not in touch with the magnitude of that self right so and on the flip side when the heart is open a person is virtually irresistible because open heart invites other hearts to open and radical authenticity gives the permission to other people to be also vulnerable and raw. So that said, even if one person out of two or three or five has done their work and open, healed their emotional wounds and has their heart open, every, it influences everybody around them and it gives them an invitation to step in because it creates the space of acceptance. I accept you as you are. That's okay. I'm not defending myself from you. You can show up just as you are, and I will love you just the same. I will not judge you. That is so sweet and so succulent. I mean, just, I love this information, and I am so excited for the way that you share it. It is so clear and so concise and so inspiring and so graspable hmm. for people to understand with such clarity. And I thank you so much for oh, sharing wow. it in such a perfect fashion. That was just beautiful. And yeah. in, in that sentence, there were another two words. That, so it was interesting because he talks about the 10-day process designed to open your heart. And, of course, the opening of the heart right away might it was like going down a water slide into this pool of water. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of the sentence says to invite a perfect partner. And so can you talk about inviting somebody into your life? Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to touch upon something. You said, how do you open your heart to true love and invite that perfect partner? What needs to happen before you can invite the this perfect partner, you, you true match, you need to embrace fully and completely all other relationships that you had and recognize that nothing ever went wrong, you never failed, and everything that happened to you or for you, even if it was painful, was a gift. And you were invited to become more powerful, to become more confident, to hold your ground, to know yourself better, and to claim what you truly want through those experiences. So 
ironically, in order to embrace your true match, you have to embrace all of those mismatches because then you're not running any resistance in your vibration. Mm. That's physics. <laughs> and then when you talk about inviting the perfect partner, is there a perfect partner? That was the other word. Oh, that is the best question. Are you ready? We're going down the rabbit hole now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. Every person in your life that you're in partnership with, being it friendship, being it relative, being it your romantic partner, is your perfect partner at that time. Wow. Because where you, you, they meet you where you are. And as you grow and evolve, then they become no longer a match. But in the sense of finding your soulmate or your twin flame or that true, true match who will match your um, highest expression of yourself, let's call that person is your perfect partner, the partner with whom it's an easy flow, with whom this space of complete acceptance and adoration is created, who will inspire you to be the best version of who you are. So there is that person and maybe more than one. And normally you're from the same soul family and normally you have intended to share this life journey long before you even um, showed up in your physical body. And you were getting ready going on your own separate um, journey and mission preparing for the ride together. So in order to arrive at the point where you are ready to call in this perfect partner in a sense you're you're um the partner who will help you to blossom into the fullest expression of who you are and to live the fullest best life ever that you can possibly live you would need to become to the degree self-aware open-hearted and receptive to the blessings, knowing that you deserve what you want and it is right for you to receive it. And it's not even a question that it's coming. It's that certainty and faith. Wow. That's to take all that in. For everybody that's listening, breathe. Right now, just <laughs> breathe. And you might even just put your hand on your heart. Yes. And make a wish on that. Hmm. That's a lot of wonderful to take in. <laughs> it really is. It's almost like marinating in the energy of love. Mm. Yes. Wow. So it's, it's easy. It's, easy to, it's easier to love than not to love. It's very natural for us. So... When it sounds to the mind like this huge task of opening your heart, it's actually super, super natural. And you just need to let go. That's mm -hmm. all it takes. And I also love you taking every past relationship as an invitation to be who you are or to grow or to be powerful or strong enough or to where you are right now instead of having regrets. Yeah. For people to actually acknowledge that and be encouraged by their experiences that have led them to who they are today. Yes, I will share a personal uh, vulnerable story, which illustrates this beautifully. Uh, one of my relationships was the hardest I've ever had. 
it was the hardest relationships. I've never argued with anybody so much like I argued with that partner. It was very up and down, roller coaster like, very heavy, passionate, and at the same time, there was so much tension and and things that were ripping me apart. And yet, it was probably the most productive relationship I ever had because that fabulous man who I have no uh, doubt that he was my soulmate in the terms of showing those things to me. He shone the spotlight and held the magnifying glass to every bit of insecurity about myself that I held, which I needed to face and resolve in order to step into my mission more fully and to be more powerful in who I am and to be more unapologetic for who I am and what I stand for, right? So that no one, even if I love them, even if I share bad with them, could sweep me off my feet and or shake in my confidence. So he played that role brilliantly. If we look at our dynamic from human standpoint, that would look abusive emotionally. And it was from that standpoint. But spiritually, it was a profound gift, which I, luckily, I was able to receive because I could see, well, if he's saying those things to me, you will never hear anything that rubs you in the wrong way from another that to a degree you do not believe about yourself. So when people say things that are offensive to you, if they offend you, then you hold a slight fear of that being true. Um, and with that, it was a beautiful invitation for me for to do self-check and to say, well, actually, there are moments when I am ruthless in my self-talk, when I'm abusive in how I treat myself. And that's the time to change that. And once I did, you know... I, I was able to accomplish so much more professionally and personally and in every way because that relationship was a powerful invitation to step up. Was it easy? No. <laughs> Would I still choose it knowing how many gifts it has given me? Absolutely. Hmm. Just genius. Well, so much more to continue on with you. So I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward as we are down that rabbit hole, exploring a little deeper into the heart and the spirit and the soul of relationships. Some more when we return here on Passionate Living. shows ever we're talking with sky blossoms this information is so beautiful i feel like i'm being wrapped in candy or something it's, like, <laughs> it's so lovely it's like so sweet and so delicious and so wonderful it's like christmas for my soul right now wow <laughs> so thank you i and you know, I wanted you to be able to share with people once more how they can reach you because I know people are listening to the show going, who is this girl? And <laughs> to follow you and pursue you are so clear. 
And mm. it's, it's such a, a beautiful container for love. So tell people again once more how they can find you and work with you. Thank you. Um, find me at bestthingever.com. And on Facebook, Sky Blossoms, um, connect them both. And I actually run uh, free meditations in the morning. It's called, it's a Facebook group called um, Conscious Society. So if you go and search groups for Contribution Society, it's easy to find. And it's seven in the morning, free meditation every single day. You're awesome. Am I allowed to say (laughs) awesome on the radio? Is that one of those words you can use? It's like awesome. (laughs) right out of the intrigue and the romance but it's this work is just terrific it's funny because i always strive to bring the very top people in the pinnacle of success whatever that is the cherry on every sunday and people that have the tools and the techniques and the secrets and the know-how and the keys and the doors and the windows and the pathways to leading and living a better life or a happier ever laughter life and that life that you dream of and desire and deserve and know that you're meant to live. And you certainly are that. All your information really brings home as you talk about relationships, love and romance the way it's meant to be and meant to be recognized and meant to be lived. So I'm really grateful for you. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And thank you for for extracting, for asking the best questions and for your willingness to dive deep. Of course. And so I know that, you know, we're, we're coming to the top of the show, but I want to go on the other side of that wall for a minute, on the mm-hmm. other side of the happy, campy, special, sacred, secret, lovely, terrific, wonderful, luscious romance and bust the dangerous myths about that smart people believe that actually kill relationships. We go just for a second into the gear of the dark side. Yes. Well, one of them you actually brought up and your parents successfully busted that myth for you and proved it with over 50 years of success where it's 50-50 or it's give and take. That's an absolute myth. It's not a give and take. It's a um, hundred and a hundred. It's a full-on contribution. And then what people ask me often, well, what if I give everything? I'm such a giver. What if my partner does not contribute? Then the question has become, why are you with that partner? So if you are wholeheartedly giving your best and you value yourself as well, then you hold a standard for your partner. And um, we talked about choosing each other on a daily basis. So you don't keep track of your contribution because that is a recipe for disaster. It builds, it builds resentments. It builds expectations. It's totally, and it, it breeds disappointments, right? When you do your best in it and give your best because it makes you happy, that's when the relationship is in a smooth flow. It's, it's not I rub your back, you rub mine. I rub your back because you're my beloved and it's a pleasure for me to delight you. And there's no expectation that you will rub my back. But when you do, it's certainly lovely. But maybe you will never do that. Maybe you will do something else, right? So that's one of the myths. Um, and 
Let's see. Um, I have 10 of them. I should remember. Um, and well, another one we also kind of touched upon that commitment is a lifetime where a commitment is a moment to moment choice. Oh, and here is one more myth that uh, I think is so popular. People get confused about that all the time. They confuse relationships and love. And love and relationships are different things. Obviously, you want to be in a relationship when there is love, but love alone is not enough qualifier for a relationship. You also need to be compatible. And sometimes you can love someone deeper when you're not in a relationship with them. So if you feel love, people assume, well, that means we have to be together. Absolutely not the case. When love is unconditional, relationships are very conditional because for a long-term success, it takes similar alignment of goals, alignment of lifestyles. Um, There are so many things that come into play to assure that you're living together is harmonious, that you're moving in the same direction, and that it's truly um, enhancing your overall life experience. Mm. Yes, my body's saying yes, that's the answer. (laughs) And you're not making the dark side seem very dark. You're illuminating the dark side by busting these myths. And there is such a joy in that. There is such an ease in that. There is almost a a place and a space almost ethereal or heavenly because you're giving it space Mm, to allow it to float and to fly. And and it's, it's so special to hear it phrased that way. And then I guess one of the other things that really stood out on the website for me and really stood out in your work is I'm listening to your interviews and seeing some of your shows. And I mean, I love going through all of your media. It's just fantastic because it's a smorgasbord of information on the way to really be able to give and to cherish and to nurture and to support and to love deeply and to love profoundly. And and each and every lesson is its own jewel and gem. But one of the things that I really wanted to be able to share with our audience today is the how do you recognize the one for you? Mm, Beautiful. Lovely question. Thank you. Well, um, first of all, you feel when you meet the right person, the one for you, it feels very natural. There is a moment of recognition where it's almost like, oh, there you are, right? It seems like you've <laughs> always known each other. And it is a feeling of home. And you feel very relaxed, which is different from feeling of infatuation. Infatuation gets you tensed up. And you try to make sure that you are liked or you're putting your best foot forward. When you meet your true match, it's you, you drop into your most authentic self. And you are not trying to pretend whatsoever because you feel that you are seen, truly seen, beyond your appearance or beyond your behavior, that that person can see your very heart and soul. And for Many people who are very evolved, I've 
I've seen it happen on the instant, literally, like you mentioned with your parents, your dad knew um, that your mom was right for him before he asked her on the first date. So that is very common. Uh, For some people, it takes them a little bit of time. I've interviewed one couple and they've been friends for about six years and worked together. And then literally in one day at the same time, Cupid struck them both and they were like, oh, you are incredible and I see you in this new light now. And they've been happily married for many years. They have three children together. But it took them six years to build that romantic aspect of their connection. But they have been best friends for six years. And they have I loved working together. They loved spending time together. So the connection, the feeling of home has always been there. It's just the romantic and the last part came in later. <laughs> Okay, so I have a question with that then. Yeah. So I know that it's like a today thing for people to make a list of these are mm-hmm. the 100 things I'm looking for in somebody or this is my list of must-haves and have-tos. And people put, I want somebody this tall. I want somebody with this color hair. I want somebody that plays the piano. I want somebody that runs it. Whatever it is that mm-hmm. people are writing on their list. And it seems like it's so uncommon for somebody to write down, I want someone to see me. I want mm. to self in any given moment in time I want to be able to share the invisible I want to be able to have somebody love me for my spirit and soul and not just because of what I look like or where I come from and why do you think it's so hard for people to ask for their soul to be seen well because um most people have been conditioned or brought to believe that Um, they might be not good deep inside. I've actually had clients who would convey to me that they believe that they discovered themselves, that they won't like it, and that others... So basically, if they're really real, that they're a horrible human being, which God knows where that conditioning comes from, like from painful childhood, from some trauma... But And this is an extreme case, but most people have been conditioned to a degree to believe that they're not good enough for this or for that. So being seen is one of the greatest fears, whether people realize it or not. That's why people are afraid of public speaking. That's why we're afraid to shop without makeup. That's why we are um, trying to show up at our best because we're afraid that if we relax a little, then people won't like us and we will be rejected and ultimately die alone, right? So we adopt all of these little tricks on how we know we can elicit approval from others. And when we get into the dating scene, we still run that behavioral pattern. I I do not even understand the concept of speed dating. You're trying to tell something for 30 seconds. Like if if it was me, I never went to one of those. But if it was me, I would just be looking silently for 30 seconds into someone's eyes, seeing them. And what's interesting for most people, it would have been highly uncomfortable. Mm. Wow. I love the idea of being able to be yourself completely with somebody and know that that person is the one and that as you talk about home or that base camp or that place in which your soul is nourished and nurtured and 
I always remember being taught as a child that a landing pad is also a launching pad. Mm-hmm. You know, planes land, but they also fly from there. And so relationships yeah. which we soar are also the ones that we come back and we land yeah. into. And it's a safe place on our solace. And you just paint that so clearly mm-hmm. in your discussion and in your picture of relationships. with just spectacular. You know, I want to add on to that. In order to be to allow yourself to be seen and to be comfortable in your own skin, people really need to be comfortable with themselves and learn to appreciate and like themselves genuinely, where they genuinely can look. And have you seen the movie The Secret? Yes. Well, um, I, I've seen it and most, most likely many of our audience members have seen it many times. And there is a scene in the beginning of the movie where Bob Proctor says, I love myself. I just want to kiss myself. And he literally shows like kissing his own hand or arm. And I watched that and I thought, well, I kind of like myself and I'm confident, but not to the point of wanting to kiss myself. That was the case back then, years ago when it just came out. And then finally, when I was able to cultivate the degree of self-love where I literally adore myself in the mirror and literally, then it's a whole different game. And it's not a duration from a narcissistic perspective. It's a healthy appreciation for the miracle of yourself. And part of it, it was a dream which was so real of me losing my leg. And I lived through the entire emotional experience of losing the lack, being disbelief, disbelief and devastation, depression, and emerging into embracing my new way of being. And finally, it was like a movie. At the end of this dream, I was dancing, choosing to still dance, even if on, on one leg. And when I woke up, that dream was so real. When I saw my both legs in my bed, I was so happy and relieved that that was just a dream. But what I did in that moment, I did kiss my leg, maybe for the first time. And that helped me gain this profound appreciation for every part of my body, for every part of who I am, and for every step that I made on the path of this life journey. Because it was not supposed to be perfect, ever. Nobody's path was supposed to be perfect. And yet, it's perfect in its imperfection. Mm. Just luscious, really luscious. And I, it's funny because so many of the, the members, the people that created The Secret are friends of mine, dear, dear friends of mine. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that you share The Secret and that you share the Pachamama Alliance and that speaks so highly of your soul and mm. your consciousness and your attainability into attunement and light and wonder and just the scene that you would choose hmm. is a great reflection of you and the work that you teach. And I'm absolutely in love with your steps in life. And what an incredible journey to come from where you began in another country and to leave your family at 11, to leave your homeland, to leave your country, to leave the safety and security of your careers and your background behind to trust your instincts to trust your heart to trust your spirit to trust your soul to hear a divine calling and to step into that and that not only to step into it but now to share it with the world and help people internationally in the way that you do 
I mean, that's really remarkable and kudos to you. I think that's absolutely astounding and you should be very proud of you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for your very, very kind and very inspiring words. Um, it, it really means a lot to me. Thank you. I love what you're doing. And I love the website. So I have to ask you, I know that we're at the top of the show here, but best thing ever, how did you come up with the website? It was very simple. Uh, I was thinking of how to name my book, right? And both my husband at the time and I, we kept saying to each other, you are the best thing that ever happened to me. And then we thought, well, that's the name of the book, best thing ever, because it has few meanings first of all when you have that love relationship and soulful connection that's truly the best thing ever but what you're really after is being the best version of yourself ever so that you can be the best thing ever in people's life being it your children being it your parents being it your lover being it your clients being it your friends you are the best thing that ever happened to them. So that's what it's all about. Mm, great title. Thank when I you. went to it, it was excited just to go. It's like, who is this girl? She's remarkable. <laughs> and then the more I read and the more I learn, one of the wonderful things about doing a show like this is that I have the opportunity to, to share the astounding, mm. to share truly, truly, truly glorious gifted, just genius, wise, sage, talent, and magi with Mm. the planet. And really to give people an entire world of opportunity and tools to lead and to live that happily ever after life. And everything that you have shared today, each in its own way, is a diamond. Each thing that you have said, if people only had that one takeaway and you said nothing else, their lives would improve. Their lives would be better. Their hearts would be open. Their relationships would be deeper. And to add two of those or three of those or all the way down the line of everything that you have been sharing during this past show, it just really is a lineage and a line for mm-hmm. happiness. And you can track it backwards and forwards into their future and through all the history of time and, and your work is just really, really beautiful. And I thank you so much for joining us and look forward to having you come back again and thank- some more in relationships. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nicole. And your questions were just brilliant and I love their flow and I'm totally in love and in full, full resonance with your mission and with, um, with, with the, um, I'm trying to find the best words to describe it. You're bringing together and sharing the gems, and you're so brilliant at actually getting the gems out of something good. (laughs) So (laughs) that is a remarkable talent in and of itself, and you are a gem for sure. Well, thank you for that. That's mutual admiration. And so for myself, Nicole Brandon, and Sky Blossoms, we are wishing you a passionate life. A life filled with joy and happiness in each and every one of your wishes and dreams come true. And we are wishing you the happily ever after life. And I look forward to seeing you here next week on Passionate Living.